Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, MasterCard and Backed, they team up. Super Rare, a platform we don't talk enough about, has its best month ever, and the Treasury to give the SEC authority over stablecoins. That's today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, October 26, 2021. Yesterday, if you remember, I asked a couple questions. One, what do you think about Dune? And two, what do you think about the unrealized capital gains tax mentioned by Janet Yellen in the clip I played yesterday? Well, you guys replied. Only one for Dune, a couple for unrealized capital gain tax. Here are the emails. First one's from Mark. Mark says, I'm old enough to remember the first Dune movies. Revolutionary. At a time before 20 Star Wars movies, sci-fi was at its best. Quote, Fear is the mind killer. This version was true to the original book and movie. Amazing effects, good acting. It was so good I was disappointed that I couldn't see the rest. Just found out they have not greenlit more Dune movies. Might watch the old movies to see it through. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. I I loved the Dune movie, and it was just great. Full stop. But at the end, you know there's going to be more. Actually, you know there's more. See, that's why there's this break between TV and movies these days. Like, if you guys are watching The Foundation on uh, Apple TV+, Plus, the effects are amazing. The story is good. The acting is good. And it's like you have this big budget, great special effects TV series that comes out every week, and you're going to get the full story within a couple weeks or a couple months. And now for a Dune movie, it's pretty much the same effects, maybe a little bit better, but now I have to wait. Ugh, it's frustrating. Anyway, now to capital gains. Jason said, I am absolutely fine in paying capital gains to the country I live in and protects my family and myself. The people who do not care are the ones that are buying nesting doll yachts. There is a complete hoarding of wealth in this country and it needs to be fixed. We've known this for decades and gave corporations more enough time to rectify the problems themselves. They failed to do so and now I'm all in for closing tax loopholes and implementing a wealth tax. Greed in this country is crazy and anyone thinking our crony capitalism is how it should be is completely nuts. That's my take. Jason. Jason, thank you for the email. I appreciate it. However, you're talking about capital gains, and I'm talking about unrealized capital gains. And unrealized capital gains is when you are, for example, you buy a Bitcoin for $50,000. That Bitcoin goes up to $100,000. You don't sell it. You're hodling. And that means you have $50,000 of unrealized capital gains. Well, the IRS knows about it, and they come and say, hey, we're going to tax you 20% on that $50,000 you have sitting hodling Bitcoin. And so you have to come up with 10 grand. Look, I, I don't have 10 grand just hanging out. So I, I'm going to have to sell that Bitcoin or at least $10,000 worth of that Bitcoin so that I could pay the taxes. That doesn't seem right to me. Maybe you feel that it's right, Jason. So uh, please let me know in detail. That's what you're talking about. Unrealized capital gains, not capital gains tax. And if you are talking about unrealized capital gains tax and that's how it should work, let me know a little more in details. Should there be a limit of how much you're hodling when it comes to stocks and bonds and uh, real estate or Bitcoin or crypto that should move you into being taxed on unrealized capital gains? And where should that limit be or threshold be? Or should it be just everybody? 
Anyway, I'm looking forward to more emails from you, Jason. Thank you very much. Moving on, Malcolm says, Hey, Matt, enjoy your show. Keep it going. Yellen's idea to tax unrealized capital gains only for billionaires is just a shuffle from the failure to eliminate the step up in basis under the inheritance tax. Not to mention that it's just mathematically unworkable. Are they going to refund tax when the stock market plummets? Why would the U.S. tax unrealized gains in liquid assets and not illiquid assets? Won't this incentivize people to increase their allocation to non-productive stores of wealth like art and mega mansions? Also, won't this incentivize people to take their companies private to avoid tax? This will result in a more leverage in the system and deprive regular investors with the opportunity to participate in the creation of wealth in this country. This idea is D-U-M dumb. Hopefully, D-O-A. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Malcolm. Appreciate that email. Moving on to Luke. Luke says, hey, Matt, love the show. The clip you paid of Janet Yellen is concerning, and this comes from a non-American. This, to me, is just a roundabout way of creating a wealth tax. Tax cheats ultimately find a way to keep their investments off the books anyways. Underreport offshore investments still won't be taxed, with gains realized or unrealized. But there are also serious concerns for financial market stability. Orderly markets are essential. And people being forced to sell assets at tax day to cover unrealized gain taxes is not the way. Two thumbs down to this idea. Back to the drawing board, Yellen. Cheers from Canada, Matt. Keep up the great work on the show. Thanks, Luke. Anyway, please, if you have more to say about this, please email me, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. I want your opinions on Janet Yellen's or the Biden administration's unrealized capital gain proposal. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Now, those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.04 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $62,029, down 2.2% in 24. Ethereum's $4,154, pretty much even from yesterday. Binance Coin, $481, down 1.1%. Cardano, $2.15, pretty much even. And Tether's in the number five spot. Running off the top 10, we have Solana at 204, XRP, Polkadot, Dogecoin, and USDC. Total market cap, $2.6 trillion exactly, BTC dominance, 45.0%, and an F dominance of 18.9%. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our Coin of the Day today is number four. This is our first top 10 coin. Actually, I think it might be our first top 50, and that would be Cardano. The ticker, ADA, A-D-A. It is trading at $2.16, like we just said, pretty much even from yesterday. Total market cap is at $71.5 billion. Fully diluted market cap, $96.8 billion, which means 74% of ADA is in circulation. ADA's all-time high is $3.10. It's down 30% from that all-time high, which was on September 2nd, a couple months ago. And its all-time low was $0.1.7 cents which was set four years ago, October 1st, 2017, and it's up 12,000% since then. <laughs> if we could have only bought then, right? So where can you buy it, Ada? Well, you can buy it everywhere. Don't worry about it. You'll be able to pick it up on just about any exchange, and you have plenty of liquidity. You have plenty of volume. Unless you're buying like hundreds of millions of dollars worth, you shouldn't be concerned. And and then you wouldn't be even buying on an exchange. You'll be going OTC. So you're fine. So what does ADA do? Remember, Charles Hoskinson was on the show. So please search in our history to find that show with Charles Hoskinson, who is the founder of Cardano. And he'll tell you all about the plans and the future of Cardano. 
but from Cardano.org, Cardano is this. Cardano is a proof-of-stake blockchain platform, the first to be founded on peer-reviewed research and developed through evidence-based methods. It combines pioneering technologies to provide unparalleled security and sustainability to decentralized application systems and societies. With a leading team of engineers, Cardano exists to redistribute power from unaccountable structures to the margins, to individuals, and to be an enabling force for positive change and progress. Well, there you have it. It seems like it's very exciting. I can see why it pumps a lot. <laughs> That's Cardano number four on CoinMarketCap, trading today pretty much even at $2.16. Now let's get into those headlines. Multicoin Capital again participated in Swivel Finance's latest $3.5 million funding round and was joined by a lot of other investors as well. So far, Swivel has raised $4.65 million in total financing to build out its fixed interest rate lending protocol. Julian Traversa, the founder of Swivel Finance, told Decrypt via Telegram, For situations, many times you're just not lending your own capital or revenue, but trying to meet cash obligations from other revenue sources. For example, borrow at 3%, then lend to a customer at 5%. If a company takes on borrowed position with liabilities due at a future date, a reduction in variable rates can leave institutions insolvent. So basically, Swivel is offering solutions for these potential problems. With the fresh funding in hand, Traverse and his team are expected to launch on the mainnet early this coming month. Ampleforth is launching its algorithmic unit of account on Avalanche. Evan Cole, the CEO of Fragment Inc., the development company behind Ampleforth Protocol, says this, with the changing regulatory landscape and uncertainty around what the verdict around stablecoins will be, it's important for DeFi to have a financial building block that is decentralized, uncentrable, and have the same aspect of price predictability or stability. The Ampleforth protocol adjusts to total supply daily by transferring the volatility from price to supply, and the protocol's supply policy does not rely on traditional banks or lenders. Ampleforth adjusts its total supply through a mechanism called rebasing. We've heard about this on the show by, before, by the way. Holders of the Ample token, AMPL, will either have the tokens burned if the price of Ample falls below $1, or the hodlers will receive more Ample if the price exceeds $1, basically creating a stable $1, apparently. However, it's trading today at like $1.74, so I'm not really sure what the stability is, or if it's even stability, or I'm not too sure, actually, what's going on. I try to figure that out, but it's not a dollar. However, if you want to know about Avalanche Protocol, which is an Ethereum competitor, we had on the founder, Emin Gunsur, on September 8th, 2020, talking about Avalanche. Again, missed opportunity for myself to put money into some crypto for big gains. Avalanche is mooning. It has mooned. And you can listen to why it is from the founder himself, September 8th, 2020, on this show. Check in your history. Last week, we heard about Immunify, a bug bounty system for smart contracts and decentralized finance projects, and it's raised some more money. Well, $5.5 million in funding. Mitchell Ambanador, the founder and CEO of Immunify, said this, DeFi is unique because vulnerabilities and code represent a possibility of direct loss of users' money. And when the CEO was asked, and when the CEO was asked about plans for Immunify, he said the company intends to scale its operations and hire exceptional talent, saying that, given the amount of clients we've onboarded, we're ideally positioned to become the best security service provider in all of DeFi. So we're acquiring cutting-edge security tech and building the most elite emergency response team in the industry. Senator Rand Paul says that cryptocurrency may become the reserve currency of the world in the future. He said this in quote to Axios. 
I started to question whether or not cryptocurrency could actually become the reserve currency of the world as more and more people lose confidence in government. But here's what I started to believe now. The government currencies are so unreliable. They're also fiat currencies. They're not backed by anything, the senator said. So basically, in summary, Rand Paul, he's bullish. Tom Brady, he threw his 600th touchdown pass on Sunday, but his tight end, the person who caught the ball, well, he kind of threw it into the stands and a fan got it, meaning that the team officials had to go and retrieve it, basically basically hunt down the fan and say, hey, can, can, can we have that ball back, please? Well, that person was Byron Kennedy, and he gave the ball back, but Brady nonetheless offered him a gift in the form of a signed jersey, a helmet, as well as season tickets for the next year and the rest of this one. That's not bad. Then, on Monday, the NFL legend revealed that he also threw in something else. A Bitcoin, which is worth, as we know today, about $62,000. Not bad at all. Well, Byron, he was pretty stoked about it. However, what he's really asking for is just a round of golf with the legend. Let's see if Tom Brady fulfills that wish. The Treasury Department will allow the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, to take the lead on regulating stablecoins such as Tether and USDC, according to a Bloomberg report today based on anonymous sources. The CFTC will also play a role. These powers are reportedly set to be outlined in a Treasury report to be released as early as this week. SEC Chair Gary Ginsler has lobbied Yellen and fellow members of the President's Working Group on Financial Markets to give the country's top securities regulator the power to set policies for stablecoins. Ginsler and the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell have both publicly stated that centralized stablecoins are similar to money markets and should be regulated as such, thus putting that power under the SEC's purview. What would these regulations look like? Don't know, but Ginsler has said this. He said that this is a rapidly expanding asset class and also may help facilitate those seeking to sidestep a host of public policy goals and even impinge national security. Don't know what that means or how that can be applied to regulation, but we will soon find out, I promise you that. I told you we had a lot of news today. We're still going. Well, one platform that we don't talk enough about, we say OpenSea, we see all these other NFT platforms, but one of the OGs, Super Rare, is having one of his best months ever. I remember I started trading on Superware back in, what was it, 18, 19? I think 18, buying some, you know, the first NFTs that was traded on the platform. I might still have some. I should see if they're worth anything. I, they're probably not. I'm not that lucky to have, like, the $100 million first Banksy NFT just hanging out in a wallet that I forgot about. <laughs> well, maybe I am. Let's see. Well, anyway, they're showing more than $31 million worth of NFT trading this month so far, beating its previous record of above $29.5 million in March. And finally, you guys, if you listen to the show, you know that this is not financial advice or trading advice or any other kind of advice. And the reason why it isn't is because my advice sucks. I am a horrible trader. I'm horrible at predicting these markets. I'm just bad at it. I think we are all bad at it. But now that I you know, record a show and I have it you know, recorded for all of history, you can go back and see every bad call that I've made. And I told you when back to launch, I think it was last week or the week before, I said, I can't, I can't do another IPO because I went into the Robinhood IPO and got the Coinbase IPO, even though they're doing really well today or really well in general. Uh, it went straight down and I was just like, oh, there you go. I lost all my money. Maybe it was a bad idea. You know, just getting that frustration, getting that anxiety. And I just couldn't handle another IPO. I was like, I'm not doing backed. And when they closed their first day down 6.4%, I was like, ha, I was right. And I was gloating and I was victorious. And yesterday they went up. 300%. Why? 
because financial service giant MasterCard is set to announce that the thousands of banks and millions of merchants on its payment network will soon be able to integrate crypto into its products according to CNBC. And how are they going to be doing this? Because they're partnering with Bact. Yes, MasterCard and Bact are partnering together and Bact is helping MasterCard get crypto to all of its network. And you tell me really quick, who takes MasterCard? Every freaking buddy. Yes. Am I kicking myself? Yes. Can you hear it in the tone of my voice? Yes. <laughs> anyway, they had like a big 3x rally yesterday and they're dropping back down, having a little correction today. As of right now, it's down 17%. I think this might be a buying opportunity for myself. Again, this is not financial advice. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you that I am FOMOing and you might see me hodling some backed. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. It helps us stay visible. It helps people find the show, and it helps us stay in the rankings so people know that we got it going on. <laughs> Did I just date myself with that? We got it going on? Anyway, until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>